Welcome to Pablo Torre Finds Out. I am Pablo Torre, and today we're going to find out what this sound is. I wanted to I wanted to be an alpha in this test, and I wound up a Machiavellian narcissist psychopath. <laughs> Who needs nice. the approval of the bottom of Stephen A. Smith's boot. Right after this ad. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Can I start with uh, a clip? Yes, it's your podcast. So before we get into the show and, and the topics that Dan and Katie have brought and me, um, can we play this clip from Stephen A's show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that uh, that has to do with me, <gasps> and I want I want to unpack it here for a second, Dan. Can we can we can we play that clip, please? We begin with Pablo's narcissism. Now that was them on Pablo Torres, my my <laughs> my, my, my former colleague at ESPN. Great guy, by the way. Contributes oh. to Dan Levitard's show sometimes. He's got his own podcast as well. He's doing great things. Always root for my oh. colleagues and contemporary. Not all of them. You know, not the fat bastards. I don't root for people like that. Y'all know what the hell I'm talking about. We ain't stuttering, but Preach. I won't mention that. I don't root for the fat bastard. Preach. Okay. But most of my colleagues. I root for and Pablo Torres is one of them so I wish him nothing but the best oh no yeah yeah it's yeah. okay though is it I mean it's so, okay. so two things he like I appreciate him he did on his he show on his podcast you. he did well, the Marcus he, and Lars episode he doesn't know he doesn't know who he is if it's, he does if no, he knows no. the idea of him well but, but no he's got the wrong idea of him because a rose Tor by any other Tor name Torres no Torres <laughs> is not Torre no, these, these are not the same thing these are these are not the same thing uh, I worked with Stephen A in the seaport for years yeah you're Yes, I, we're very close. I, I showed him a sonogram of my baby. Oh wow! And baby, I, baby Torres, baby Torres, <laughs> Lil Violet Torres. To which Stephen A. went into an extended monologue about how I remember this vividly about how I will never care about anything else, anything else as much, and that I would one day, like him, want to murder someone to defend Whoa. my child. Whoa. And now I, 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 I'm just a Torres. Now. Torres. Well, look, the man deals with a lot of information all day, every day. OK. And if he gets an athlete's name wrong, he's going to hear about it. But in the places where he can slack off, he's got to. Because he's got seventy five thousand shows. <laughs> that's what the man is that, constantly no, on air. This is what makes him the most gangster of all the sports journalism gangsters. He can get away with calling him Torres because Pablo is insignificant in his wake. Oh. It does not matter if he is Torre or he is Torres. He's someone working from Le for Lebetard over there. That's right. Oh, he did oh, get your name right. I oh, noticed over there. Yeah, fat bastard. Well, I was going <laughs> to no. say, we all know I mean, who that is. Do we? People thought we it was me. And he had must. to come back from commercial no. break as if to say, no, 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 no. That's not the fat bastard I was talking about. I, he no. exonerated me by saying I was his buddy. He would not call me a fat bastard. That's right. Mm. I know who mm. it is. You know who it is. Oh, it's, it's, we'll bleep the name here, but it's obviously, I mean. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't trust that you'll bleep it. And I do not speak that man's name. It's like Beetlejuice. I, for one, love <laughs> Oh, stop it. Is it bad that I was still deeply excited about Not this? At all. That's the other thing about being in his wake. I'm like, oh, yes. I'll tell this, you right this now. This feels good having his sun shine upon my pluralized face. If you put a picture of me in front of Stephen A. Smith and gave him no other information and said, Namer, he'd go, nice girl. 
I don't. I'm not sure. I, I'm not I sure. Mean, I remember. There, this is why I'm telling you, it's the most gangster of things. Yeah. You, us, us little, us little journalists. Barnacles. In his giant wake, whether it's a Torres or a fat bastard or a Levitard, he is sprouting his wings, and he doesn't. It's the ultimate insult that we can all genuflect and say, "Yeah, he doesn't need to know your name. Doesn't need yeah, to." And, and now I just want to make it my voicemail message. You should. Pablo Torres. Thank you, Katie Nolans. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who's going first? Katie Nolan goes first, Dan. Katie Nolan goes first today. Katie Nolan brought... Katie Nolan's. Katie's Nolan. (laughs) <laughs> like uh, attorneys, attorneys general, general. Yeah. Katie's Nolan brought um, an article from the Atlantic about cloning your pet. It says, are pet cloners happy with their choice is the title of the article. Um, and it goes into basically this is a technology that's been around for a while. We all remember in 96 when they cloned Dolly, the sheep. The sheep. That was big. I remember that being in my yearbook as like a big thing that happened this well, year. Katie, that's literally the last thing I remember about cloning. And this story is updating me. Really? On, From 96? Yes. That was, I checked out on cloning <laughs> after that. And then I wake up to this story and am learning. So you didn't know about Bar- Barbara Streisand? No. Because that was um, an update to the story for most of us. She cloned her dogs um, in 2019, I believe. Yep. When we that. found out that she cloned her dog. Um So it's apparently like a thing. It's a cottage industry now, I guess you would call it. There's this one company that's the biggest uh, facility in the U.S. called Viagen. Um, They started cloning livestock and horses in 2002, and then they expanded to dogs and cats in 2015. Uh, It is expensive. It is not cheap to clone your dog. But basically, they take a pet's tissue sample. They produce millions of cells from it. And then the nucleus of a donor egg is removed and replaced with one of those cells. And then the embryo is implanted into a surrogate animal, yep. which will then give birth to an identical twin of the original pet. Now, because surrogates are implanted with several embryos, there's about a 30% chance that multiple clones will be born, which means you're going to get two dogs that are like your original dog. Clones. Clones. But why are they doing this? Well, Pablo, I think you can easily understand that loss is difficult to cope with. And so when told that perhaps you won't have to cope with that loss, that you can just delay the dealing with this a little bit longer, um, a lot of people jump at the opportunity. There's people who say they have this unique bond with this animal, that they've had multiple animals before and they've never truly felt connected until this dog and so or cat. So if this happens to if their cat or dog happens to die, they want to bring that cat or dog back, which to me sounds like straight out of Black Mirror and is obviously not a good idea. Can we, uh, Dan, I don't know if you're familiar with Viagen. You guys are both dog owners. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a real Jurassic Park ass vibe to Viagen. Yeah, they have promotional material. Should we take a look? I think we should. Let's take a look. Today, Viagen Pets has thousands of clients who have chosen to genetically preserve their pets, as well as a growing number of clients who are moving forward with Viagen's cloning service. I'm with them through the whole entire process from start to finish, give them updates along the way, and hopefully I'll actually be the ones to deliver the cloned puppy or kitten to the client. I manage the cell culture department I, um, I'm the one that receives your pet's tissue biopsy samples. Clients will call typically and they say, you know, I've, I've got this dog and I've had lots of dogs, but this is the best dog ever. There's something special about this dog. And so I'd like to have another one. 
The music underneath alone makes me suspicious and cynical about what's happening here. They're larding it with that, yeah, that that real friendly acoustic medical disclaimer song. Well, but but it's easy it's easy to mock, okay? But I I really don't know how it is that people want to move around wherever their grief is uh, to scientifically bring back something that aids them coping with losing something. But I. I think what is funniest about that commercial is just that those people paid or sincere are arguing on behalf of, look how sweet it is, it is that we are going to allow you to have a scientific replica that is soulless of the beast you used to love just because you can't cope with this. Like that as a commercial is uproariously funny by itself, even if you don't want to judge this. I, I wonder though, Dan, whether any part of you seeing this is is moved by the premise like i i know i don't want to make every conversation we have with you about losing loved ones but i know you've lost a dog before well let's talk about this part of it though because i don't know what katie before katie took on a pet at the beginning of the pandemic i'm guessing having no idea how unholy those beasts can be to tame. Um, uh, you know, I had a horse, a wild horse in my house chasing around cats because we didn't know what we were taking into our house most recently after I lost my dog in the funniest way possible. But, uh, and heartbreaking. And I think this whole thing is here only because Pablo wants me to tell this story and wants to tell uh, everyone to see how uncaring he is because <laughs> in the middle of deep, deep loss, Pablo said something to me that was so cold and scientific that's to be heartless and render sort of me thinking that he and I should never be friends, really, because uh, <laughs> science over heart doesn't work for reaction. me here. But this is the short story, Katie, because I want to get to your relationship with your pet. I don't know what your history with pets is, but 20 years I have a dog, a tiny miniature schnauzer, left by my brother uh, in my care. Uh, wonderful dog, good relationship. And the last, I don't know, 18 months of its life were terrible for me because he was in a diaper and I was just chasing oh. him around the house. He wasn't in any pain, but I, I had to have like a, a, the people with him if I wanted to go out. And still after that, I hear like the clacking of him getting stuck in corners still <laughs> to, to this day. Mm. Uh, he he uh, One night. Name? Uh, Nemo. 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 So one night he uh, he start late in life. He starts to spasm. I'm shirtless. I'm trying to get to a vet at two o'clock in the morning with a dog that's you know spasming and about to die. Oh. I'm in my convertible. I'm trying to find an emergency center. I the dog is spasming. I tell Nemo it's okay to go, and oh. and he dies in my arms. So he takes oh. his last breath. I'm sobbing shirtless oh. at a at a stoplight. <laughs> sobbing because my dog is dead in my arms but you can't see my my dog because i've got the car door to my left and someone pulls up next to me at you know 2 a.m on a tuesday and is like sees me sobbing there but doesn't see the dog and just says dan levitard oh no and oh no yes and and so they can't see the dog i'm just <laughs> someone who parties so much that he's shirtless and sobbing at a stoplight in his convertible at, at 2 a.m but pablo when i told him this story which was I a didn't heartbreaking, okay i don't think i knew all of the details <laughs> it was a heartbreaking <laughs> story to me and pablo looks at me one day when i'm telling him how heartbroken i am and he simply doesn't understand how i could possibly love an animal and so he katie's calls crying it, by no, the I'm, way no it's laughing it's he, crying from laughing okay. he calls it katie the con of mammals. Wait, the, what? The, um, okay. Well, that's because you've had a horrifying yeah, experience. Yeah, you guys know my hamster story. Of his hamsters we'll play eating a clip their from youth. that here just as, as a quick uh, refresher. Still haunts my nightmares. I'm a little kid. I'm growing up. I can't have a dog or a cat in my apartment. What can I have? I can get hamsters. I go buy hamsters. I get a wire cage. I get a plastic spinning wheel, like an exercise wheel. So, hamsters, what do they do? They procreate a lot. All of these hamsters are born in the circle spinning wheel, right? That's cool, oh, a little nest. But you know what else hamsters do, Katie Nolan? Hamsters eat their young. So what happens? Well, What's up? the hamsters begin to eat their babies inside of the plastic translucent Patrick Bateman Ferris What's wheel of up? death. And what else happens? 
The hamsters decapitate their babies, and yes, so you have yes. a spinning wheel that they're still exercising on. Yes. So the wheel is still spinning, yes. forming a literal death rattle of hamster yes. baby heads that I watch every day oh when I wake God. up and see, how are my pets doing? The answer, very bad. You've never had a pet? Never had a dog, grew up in an apartment building, never had the emotional bond that you guys clearly with multiple animals, now multiple beasts, um, have felt. And so for me, I think of like, you know, I'm like, a bird can speak English. What? Like, we don't give a f about birds, you know? What like, are you we, talking we about? care about dogs in a way that is is um, pure. elevated pure, um, pure because they are mammals they remind us of ourselves we see ourselves we see them as creatures with souls and and i am just like but this bird is speaking english we don't give a f about this parrot so anyway, I gave a take. I'm not proud of it now that the whole prelude was the, timing, the whole thing the timing about was, the, timing the timing was timing bad. Was bad. The, timing the timing remains timing. bad. Oh, so uh, I have a dog. Her name's Myrtle. She's the greatest thing that's ever existed in the world. Um, she's just a little bag of goo, and I love her so much. My first dog ever. I wanted a dog my whole life. My parents never let me have one. Um, now, guess what? They're obsessed with my dog. Isn't that funny? Um, but she's the greatest. I would never clone her because and this is why Pablo what you were saying is interesting to me where you don't think that they have souls which is fine well it's not the same and you soul. say that we only love them because they remind us of us which again I think will be very interesting when we take a look at your narcissism test rating at the end of this <laughs> podcast but I would think you'd be supportive of cloning because to you if they don't have souls then it's like you should just get the same dog and it'll be exactly the same to me it's like if i were to make another you there will never be another myrtle for a million different reasons but one of them is just that like the the we built our relationship yes. it did not she did not come to the house with this relationship with me we built this relationship and so like it's fifty thousand dollars basically to clone your dog i think this is a very expensive um Therapy is cheaper than that. Men will clone Men their will literally dogs clone their dogs before going to before therapy. Before going to therapy. Uh, it just is like a, um, and look, I'm not, look, if it helped you and it helps you cope or whatever, and I'm sure there are, you could cook up like two or three specific situations where I'd be like, okay, I get that. No, but but, Pab but Pablo's cutting through it, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Katie, but I, I, I just think he's cutting through it and saying, hey, kind of mammals, this is the equivalent of a sex doll. It's not. Mm. He, Ooh, well, that's, that's, a, that's, that's pretty a yucky. That's a take that, that part of me, me does, does cosign, admittedly. In this sense, Dan, in this sense, this story, the bereavement tool that is a clone dog, it's about us. Yeah. This it's does feel selfish. User. It yeah, also and, feels and, selfish because there's plenty of dogs out there that need homes. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like, <laughs> well, so, like, no, just no, this get is, a dog. Well, no, but that's a, that's the apocalyptic part. I, that oh, real animals that need real care. Let's let them die in shelters, <laughs> but then let's bring on these science robots so that you can have a coping mechanism that's not actual. <laughs> that the care that a, an actual dog with an actual soul should receive isn't something recreated in a lab. And I also imagine too when these. These cloned animals one day in this dystopia get the ability to actually speak English like a parrot. Sure, as they will. They will wonder, like, why the f are we worthless to you in this joking manner? We didn't ask for this. Mm. I was born inside of a surrogate dog that apparently, like, they're not a... Okay, so that part's even crazier. Right? So the surrogate dogs that are birthing these clones, this is the part that appalled me and makes me feel better about, like, laughing at that video or, or criticizing this act in general. Surrogate dogs are rentals... They lease them from shelters and they fill them or no from breeders. Sorry. So they 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 lease them with an option to buy from a breeder and they um, put the embryos, tons of them into the dogs. And then the dogs give birth to the baby. They used to give the people who would be ordering their cloned dogs an option to take in the um, surrogate dog, but then complaints from the people who were ordering the clones, so the customers, they were like, the the dog is more, the, the clone dog is bonded more with the surrogate than with me, and I don't like that. So then they stopped letting them also donate the surrogates. Right. If we, if we were, or uh, adopted surrogates. If we were to extend empathy to its most extremes, then I would simply say to the both of you, hey, someone who is sad 
is being made less sad by whatever this purchase is. How about we just let that person be less sad and not judge it with uh, with whatever we think about a soul or coping with grief? I just feel like the technology on this, the reason it was jarring to me why I'm obsessed with this story is because I woke up one day and this was possible. Mm. And I just don't think that we have reckoned, Dan, with the unintended consequences of a world in which we just do this now. And part of me does think that we should just be giving people sex dolls. Okay, here we are. Oh, see, he did do that. Well, I, went how did we... I went where he wanted to go. Are the you guys having time. sex with your no, dogs? This is because what he's doing. I, that's no. not the relationship no, this that is Myrtle what he's and I saying. have. He, look, he didn't want to say it. I will say it for him. He is a pet agnostic at best. And what he's saying is that basically your relationship with these animals, no matter how much you want to humanize them, they are basically the equivalent of sex dolls. They're a place for you to put your emotions because you don't want this. to put them in human I, that's, beings. That's, I hate this. That's not specifically what I. I, I put is what you my implied. emotions into a lot of human That's beings, but I also love my dog. That's what he implied. And, and we should all have that right um, as <laughs> not, long not, as... Not brave enough to say it. As long, as, as long Coward. as we don't pretend that they are something they are Pablo not. Torres would say it. They're, they're pets. <laughs> Pablo Torres would have they're the balls pets. to this say it. Torres. Pablo this Torres, Torres loves fat a sex doll. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel bad about what I did to um, you guys and to dogs and and to mammals Mm -hmm. as a mammal. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we move on? Mm -hmm. Okay. Who's next? Dan. I'm I'm next and I don't uh, he's insincere and I'm just telling you that the the things that he really thinks he's not brave enough <laughs> he's not brave enough to say the things Torres. that he really thinks about uh, how uh, humans shouldn't shouldn't even have these relationships with animals because they're not humans like all of this is muted he's hiding he's hiding all behind right. a mask Pablo Torre finds out but he doesn't because he doesn't want to Speaking wanna... of bravery in opinions Dan what do you want to talk about uh, today Thank you I'm sorry so I was reading this story and I, uh, Katie, am falling woefully behind when it comes to just in general social media. I don't even want to keep up. It's a toxic fire pit. And I, I'd like to just let it go and fly away and not be addicted to it the way that everyone else is. But uh, HBO executives evidently were uh, creating uh, and there's a paperwork trail of of trolls that they would go to uh, shake the confidence of TV critics. Like instead of, you know, being confident in the content you're making, still caring in the modern age, because everything's high school, everything is high school, no matter what age you are, your insecurities are going to show. The idea that Hollywood executives would care for a moment what critics are writing so much that they would try and send an army of bots that way. I just wanted to sort of talk about... Uh, what it means that these TV executives would care what uh, Rudy Marsky of the modern age, what a what a critic Rudy that has Marsky. no real power. Um, why would that affect a, a Hollywood executive when you're making good content? Well, the story here is fascinating. It's in Rolling Stone and they have the paperwork, as Dan says. And I think something that we should accentuate here is the idea that this mattered to the most powerful people running the most prestigious television network. Formerly. HBO, Casey Bloys, the head of HBO at the time, was he was conscripting not just bots, but like lower level employees to get in the replies of like Alan Sepinwall, mm-hmm. right? Noted TV critic um, to respond to tweets that they had about their thoughts on like the show The Nevers, apparently, which is a show that came out in April 2021. Nevers. Nevers heard of Same, that. same. Um, it was a Joss Whedon steampunk fantasy series. That's why I'd never heard of yep. it. Yep. 
And Rolling Stone's own TV critic, Alan Sevenwall, gave it a two and a half star review. And so here is a in this lawsuit filed by one of the lower level employees who was told, please go be a burner account for Casey Bloys. Um, he, he, he was he was told to tweet, quote, Alan is always predictably safe and scared in his opinions and just got into the mentions. And there is this pattern of this where this guy would create an account named Kelly Shepard. Okay, Kelly Shepard is a self-described Texas mom and herbalist who would reply to Alan Seppenwall's tweets, word for word, the things that he had been instructed to say. And it goes on and on. Like, uh, here's here's one that Casey Bloys had literally dictated to have said, uh, quote, maybe our friend, this is a response to the Nevers again, maybe our friend needs to say what a shock it is that two middle-aged white men are shitting on a show about women. Like just planting in a way to get back at these critics. Mm -hmm. And all of it reminds me, Dan, like it doesn't matter, but it matters to them. Oh, but it's of not. Of course, but, it but matters it's not, to them. But it's not just. Look, it's not just getting back at the critics because you're sensitive, or because we all want our work judged in a way that's friendly and has a lot of applause. I'm the the part that I'm more interested in is uh, sending an army of people at the at the TV critic who has now had an opinion about your thing, and then those people rattling at the mental health of Alan Seppenwall, who dared to be a, <laughs> a, a critic and now is reading that his mentions are sort of meant to uh, bring the war back to him. Okay, criticize us. Now we're going to bring something your way that feels like it's the real world, but it's just seven people we've paid to actually attack you. Yes, yes. That's most of the internet now, is that everything you see could be a paid bot. You saw it with like on a on a on a more serious scale with the um, I'm afraid to even say these two names out loud publicly, but Johnny Depp and uh, Amber Heard, mm. that whole trial, everything online was like a uh, what do they call it when you have a bunch of bots? Uh, uh, astroturfing. Astroturfing. It's like a thing now that you can pay people to do to change the online narrative in regards to your story. So it seems like you have a lot of support that then garners real support that then becomes a thing instead of just not happening that way. And it's like controlling the narrative. That's why, like, people yes. always say you can't put too much stock in Twitter replies. But X replies, you can put zero stock in because you have no idea who they are. And who the, the more we're on the Internet, the more we're going to start faking things on the Internet, the more things are going to stop being real entirely. Do people understand? I, I'm just curious because my parents used to tell these uh, stories about how communism crept in. And it obviously wasn't technology technology, but it was these things. It was techniques to inflame propaganda from sides uh, that would bring communism because people who have lived in freedom all their lives don't know that it, or maybe don't really understand that it requires unrelenting, unrelenting protection and resilience and that uh, you have to protect it, and the way that communism creeps is just like this. With, with these are almost military campaigns, really. If you can create a an, alter up. an mm -hmm. alternate universe where people attack from all angles to just divide everyone on whatever the divisions of the day are. When we talk about it's a campaign, um, it's a campaign not because it's just ego alone, but because they know it can make an impact. Mm -hmm. And I know it can make an impact because I am the person still checking my mentions. Same. Right? Like, the, Dan, the whole thing about the PSYOP aspect, the reason it's a PSYOP, a psychological operation, I believe it stands for, is because the human brain was never intended to consume this many opinions from this many strangers. And so the idea that at the end of my day, the thing that'll stick with me is what this person said in my mentions which still happens, by the way, to me. Oh, this one person made a dent. I know it matters to Casey Bloys because Casey Bloys in all of this way is telling us it matters to him. He, his brain has been dented by all of these people, these commenters, these critics. And I should point out that Casey Bloys is also saying, quote, how dare someone write that exclamation point, exclamation point. I wanna say something along the lines of, quote, lol, okay. They are just counting their Emmys, end quote, or something like that, exclamation point giving messages to respond to, not a critic in this case, 
but just a random a person, person. A random person. Arguing with the commenters, not just the critics. Yeah. And we've we've seen this not just in entertainment. We've seen this in sports. Brian Colangelo's burner accounts with Shout the 76ers. Out. What a day that the was to be in sports greatest. media. Shout out to Ben Dietrich and The Ringer for breaking that the story. Greatest. But James Comey had a burner account, former director of the FBI. Stuff that he wanted to say that he could not say under his own name. Kevin Durant. The, the list is endless because the human brain cannot reconcile the idea that this person personally talking about me in public is not consequential. Of course it is to us. I also think it 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 um, reinforces this idea that if you have something to say, you can't respond like the whole reason he felt the need to task this to somebody below him and to say specifically in the text, we need this to be removed from us. It can't yes. come back to us, which maybe don't write that in a text if that's really the plan. <laughs> uh, just a little bit of advice from me across the board here. Maybe just make a phone call. Uh, but anyway, Good very bad. Yeah. If it, it can't Good. come back to you, you, it's like it, it reinforces this idea that when somebody like me admits that like yeah I do check my mentions and sometimes I'll mix it up with people in there and people are like that's embarrassing you should be above that it's like look nobody's above this it's just whether or not you make somebody else do it so it looks like it isn't you or you do it yourself like if this guy himself jumped into replies it it would be a story it would be a very different story and this is like somebody trying to control the narrative without participating in it or having any of it reflect on them, which is impossible to do. So if you care, say you care. If you if you care, don't pay somebody else to pretend to care for you. Get in there and mix it up. There is perpetual ego measuring in a way that makes me feel, Dan, this brings us back to Kevin Durant, right? He's maybe the most famous user of burner accounts. Kevin Durant did, Katie, what you said. He went from guy using burners to defend his own honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, we've seen an NBA ref, Eric Lewis, get fired from his job for having burners in this way because he was biased in favor of the Celtics, allegedly, all that stuff. Kevin Durant is now out here just saying the thing. Mm-hmm. Shout out Kevin Durant. And shout out to him. Our greatest Olympian. That's right. Dan, I don't even know if you know this because I think you're you're divorced from the entire um, Internet in ways um, that old people are. Uh, are invariably. He just called you an old guy. I mean, uh, but, but this you... this protects me though. He did call me an old guy, but this protects me, right? After a lifetime in the columnist business where I had 25 years of people just torching every opinion I had, eventually I got to a a rather strengthened point of like, okay, I'll take critics without it hurting me if my critics are people whose opinion I respect, but not if it's just random strangers who don't know as much about what we do for a living as we do, then you know, yeah, like it, from there, it can't really hurt you. And then if I check out on social media, if I, if it, then I can skate free of something that I think is a, an addictive poison well mm. of temptations to reinforce that your opinion matters and your ego and identity need to be fed. Like it scares me being too addicted to commentary yes. of any kind, praise or criticism. I like the little tidbit about what was in her bio. She was a what? Uh, uh, she was into herb. She oh yeah, herbalist. she's an herbalist. My See, burner good. account bio, and that's I don't use work. my. No, I don't use work. my burner account for anything other than on Instagram. You know how you can't watch people's stories without it saying like this person watched your stories. So I have a burner account so I can watch people's stories that I don't um, like and that don't like me. Oh wait, so and breaking so, but news. My burner account's uh, bio is something like just a guy who loves his dog and craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good bio. Yeah, pretty it's, believable. It's a, good, a good disguise. I'm not, <laughs> is you. it better than herbalist, though? No, here's, I think it, is it better than Kelly Shepard at Kelly SH33889356? That's crazy. That already sounds like a fake. Bio, she slash her. Great. Mom, Texan, herbalist, aromatherapist, vegan. Oh, wow. They really went for a vibe with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you're going to use your burner account to send tweets, which again, I don't, but if that's the purpose of your burner, as this one was, you've got to make sure you also tweet about random other stuff. Had nope. a sesame bagel today. Yes. Just so that when somebody clicks yes. on your account, yes. they don't just yes. see at Alan Seppenwall constant, because then they're going to put two and two together. It's the number one. It's how they caught Colangelo. Yep. It's like there are no other tweets about anything else except this very specific thing. 
Another pointer, if you're gonna do that, maybe don't have it uh, operated by a lower level employee that's going to sue you yeah. later for being asked to do this. 100%. All of this show has been a natural segue towards a thing that I wanted to do with you guys that I'm actually afraid of in a real way now. Play Spider-Man 2? Love Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Dan has will never know Dan. the joys of Dan, playing Spider-Man 2 on PS5. I, Dan, well, you, I, I'm scared of... I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I Go ahead. You were pointing at me. I'm still playing Miss Pac-Man. That's a real thing. I was going to say, Dan joking. has a Miss Pac-Man arcade machine mm. in his home. All right. Mm -hmm. That was unnecessary. Like, you, I, Is that invasive? Is that say, too much finding yes, out? Well, yes, because yes, because it's the lamest <laughs> of the video games. And, <laughs> and it? No, it, no, I mean, it just makes me look the oldest. But No, this, no, it's, you're in favor of gender equality among the Pac-Man. Yeah, that's supportive. I, you're I, an ally. I, yeah, that's right. I, I, yes, I like the game, and I'm not going to apologize, and I'm also very good at it. And Oh, good. Uh, and, and still. Shocking. I'm, does she move different than he does? Is the, What's the difference between Miss, Miss uh, and She's Mr. just got a ribbon in her hair. Look, it's from a different time. <laughs> Stop judging what I'm doing. Um, I have in front of me the results of my test, but I haven't oh, actually been told what the numbers mean. So go ahead. Okay, that's so why I'm uncomfortable perfect. sharing them. This is perfect. So I'll explain what it is that we're doing here. I have my results. Katie has her results. <sighs> There's a story in The Atlantic about what's called the dark triad. And this is a psychological psychological term that was coined by the psychologists Delroy Paulus and Kevin Williams in 2002 for people with three, as per the triad term, salient personality characteristics. Number one, narcissism. Number two, Machiavellianism. And number three, a measurable level of psychopathy, meaning you are in total here, quote, social predator who charms, manipulates, and ruthlessly plows their way through life, leaving a Broad trail of broken hearts, shattered expectations, and empty wallets. Now, the dark triad is a personality type that can be tested. And so I asked all of us here to take that test. It takes about two and a half minutes. Everyone should do this, I think. Um, and so we did. It's about almost 30 questions. And it gives us the results on where on those three levels, narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopath, um, we are. And I got to say... I don't know what your guys' experience taking this test was before we reveal our answers, but some of the questions, um, it made me stare into the middle distance for a while, <laughs> reflecting on what the f my actual answer here is going to be. I, these types of tests I always find a little bit difficult because they depend on the honesty and self-awareness of the test taker. You have to be honest with your answer, you have to not see the obvious, oh, I know that if I answer, uh, agree to this, I'm going to get a high score. You have to, um, and you have to answer it not in the way you idealize yourself, which I think a lot of us do. We're like, oh, I wouldn't care what others think about me. Or you have to sit there and go, do I? Do I care what others think right. about me? And you have to ask yourself and then you have to answer honestly. So I think a lot of these questions for me, I was like, uh, oh, uh. well, but even through that lens, Dan, through the lens of like, we're going to say these aloud, the fact that we don't know how to interpret our own results is part of, I think, uh, why this is great I should and, explain, and dangerous. Though, I, I should explain to the people, though, because as as Katie is saying all that, what she is bringing to the testing is honor in self-assessment. And I'm yes. assuming a lot of people would just take the test and try to win the test by, I will not be a narcissist. <laughs> I will not be a psychopath. I will not be Machiavellian uh, because I don't want to be seen as somebody who is cutthroat. And in, in, I, we should define some of these things. Machiavellianism yeah. yes. is pejorative. It means you will do anything to cut someone's throat. Narcissism, you're so self-involved, you care about yourself and very few others. And psychopath is self-explanatory. So when you answer these empathy. questions, None of us want to be any of these things. And so there's a correct way to answer. But as Katie is saying, there's also an honest way to answer. But this is the beauty of this testing instrument, which is, again, something that I've only taken, haven't really studied. But it's it's lines like this, right? It's, it's so much of it is about the phrasing of the statement. So it's a scale of disagree, slightly disagree, neutral, slightly agree, agree. Five rungs on that spectrum of answer, right? And so when there is a question that is a statement that is, quote, I know that I am special. 
because everyone keeps telling me so, period. I read that and I thought about this so long that my phone went back to the lock screen. <laughs> I was like, Fuck. like, how much do I actually rely on external validation to reinforce, like in an honest way? Somewhat agree. I, 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 I this <laughs> is where so I you're, think. Wait a minute. So you're being honest, so honest with yourself that you're not sure that you like who's looking back at you. That, that Correct. These, these silly questions are making you think about yourself in a way you had not explored before this, this <laughs> silly three minute, 30, uh, three minute, 30 question test. I thought about like my mom encouraged me when I was younger, like telling me I'm smart and special. And I was like, wait a minute. I did not think about that. Is she in the, is she in the everyone? Like, do I actually have the confidence? Do I need, why do I feel so good when people tell me that I am special? Right. That's what I was dealing with. And I think I settled on uh, slightly agree. Yeah. Uh, But, but by the way, another question, like, oh my God. I mean, this one, Dan, this is, this is where it hurt me. Right. I like to get acquainted with important people. Yeah, you are a full agree. If you could do that agree a, so hard, my fingers are falling off. That should be the one that you hit. I, if I could write in uh, maximum agree, I would yeah. have had to for honesty. Well, what is sake. that? Let's explore that for a second before you get into the results of the testing. Because when you need the validation of Stephen A. Smith, and you hate to admit it to yourself, but you and you'll it take good. it. Oh. You'll take it as the validation, even if it's Torres. <laughs> it's a pathetic. Even it's, if it's Torres, like honestly, the faint whiff of the man's boot well, this gives is, you this, orgasm. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's pathetic. <laughs> like you have to have more self-respect. You, than that. you have to. Aphrodisiac ass boot is getting me horny. No, Dan. Here's but here's but here's here's a question that I want to know how Dan answered in his memory. Right? Dan didn't answer these honestly. Here, here it is. Well, here, but I Statement. will. I will say what? I answered it quickly. I was not pondering my yeah. existence as I answered them, but I also was not trying to win the test. I did want right. to know. Well, right. how cutthroat am I? Yeah. No. Okay. I, I, how cutthroat am I? Well. What question? Statement. Yeah. Quote. It's true that I can be mean to others, period. Noticeable silence from everybody yeah. as we ponder. Oh, I thought you said you wanted answering. to know what Dan would say. Well, what did we all say then? Well, so for no, me. But he made me think about it, uh, uh, Katie, the way that I did the first time because uh, can I be mean to people? I slightly agree, but I don't want to ever think of myself as as a person who lands mean. So it doesn't mean I don't. It means it, it forces me to look into a place like I have to, I can't go neutral there. I have to slightly agree with that because too often without intent, yes. I hurt people and it Same. can feel like cruelty same. and I didn't know I was doing it. It doesn't exonerate me that I didn't intend it. Yeah, same. I think if you answer disagree to that, for me, that would make you narcissistic. Yeah. Because that would mean that you think you couldn't possibly be oh, mean so to somebody, which would mean us. that yeah. like you're... Te- so to me, it was like, look, I've, I've people have told me that something I have said has hurt them before. So I have to uh, acknowledge that, yes, slightly, I guess I could be. I don't look at myself as mean and I try very hard not to be mean. So I'm not going to say agree, but I, I would have to slightly agree. I would have loved to click neutral or slightly disagree, but well, I'm being I, honest with myself. I, but I want to be an empath. I, right. I, I like to be an empath, and an empath would know. An em- to admit that you're mean is to say that you have blind spots about you. Are n- you are not the most empathetic. You are not right. caring enough. You are a failure as someone who cares appropriately. What about this one, though? I insist on getting the respect I deserve. Period. All of these things, by the way, when you see them through the lens of sports, it's like, I insist on getting the respect I deserve is like the definition of like Mamba mentality, right? Like that's what it means to be an alpha. It's of course I will get what I deserve, mm. what I have earned. The hard one for me was uh, uh, something about celebrity when it was oh, like, yeah. I want to be treated like a celebrity. And I was like, well, that's a tough one to answer because right, we have some it's not the exact of, phrasing of it, but it was something no, like, it's, it's do you consider yourself a celebrity or essentially right. that, it, which was tough because it was like, I, you, in yes. the guise of what I do, I don't, I know that I am a, a, the lower of the, but in the guise of this test, to be honest, I'd have to say like, slightly agree yeah but it doesn't take into account that like maybe you maybe that is your job maybe that is what you do maybe you are that i think the point dan is that the jobs we do um are by definition 
blurring the line between narcissism and normality. Like it, it feels like. I think it would be impossible to do this for a living and score a zero on the narcissism part of this. Agreed. Agreed. Because there's another thing that was like, I like being the center of attention. Right. It's like you can't say there are situations in which I don't. But I also sit here and I tweet a link that says, watch me talk. So I have to. You can't be you can't be on television without having. I mean, no, there's nobody on television. (laughs) Nobody who doesn't like in some way to be the center of attention. You wouldn't choose that as a exactly as a career. Uh, But when you say it's funny, my answer to that question, I guess we'll get to our numbers in a second. Yeah, I want to know what mine mean, but I don't. legitimately, <laughs> I, the, the answer to that question is I wanted some other option other than the five because I wanted to be say, saying, well, I did consider myself a celebrity when I was on ESPN every day. I don't anymore. I've retired from celebrity is what, <laughs> uh, because, because. It wouldn't let you say that. The, no, no but, that wasn't th- the That right wasn't option. one of the choices. Yeah, that, that's, no, but, I wish it was. Yes. Because <laughs> I would have answered the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Would have actually clicked that same exact button. Um, should we give some of our I guess our scores to give context here, and then sure. we can explain them? I don't know what they mean here. Me I'd like okay. to know what they mean. So I got a uh, I got a two on Machiavellianism. Oh, okay. I got a two point seven. Oh God. What'd you get? I got a three point eight. Yeah, I don't find myself to be Machiavellian at all. I don't so think 2. I 7 am, but clearly me. I have been counter. Um, I've been countered in that because when some statement like "quote most people can be manipulated" now, see, comes that, across, I had a problem with that as well. Because agree is what I, I strong agree. Strong agree because otherwise QAnon wouldn't exist. Like I think I don't think about it as like I would manipulate right. them, but I would be lying to say that people couldn't. I know they can be. I don't use that to my advantage. I don't manipulate, but yeah. I know that most people. Uh, I mean, obviously, people right. can so, be manipulated. Cults are a thing. A scale of one to five, and I feel like I answered a lot of this through the. This is I'm defending myself yeah, on the stand. Yeah, I think I am too. Your Honor, um, I'm three point eight out of five. Um, 90th percentile among U.S. adults on Machiavellianism uh, because I'm a keen observer of human nature, not because I'm actively manipulating right, right. everyone around that's me. That holds up. This is not going to exonerate Narcissism well, the way, scores. The, the way the numbers work, just to explain it to the people, so it's one through five, and if you're close to five or you're 90 percentile, you are running very strong societally as a psychopath, as a narcissist, or as a cutthroat Machiavellian person. So uh, you were at three point. Eight. So the on all of these, two point five is about going to be the middle of this of, of yep. the average. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. You guys are pretty safe. I don't feel good about. I'm mine. above average on narcissism. I'm at two point six on narcissism. <sighs> I'm at three point six. I'm at us just a flat four. Oh, that's up. I'm not. Uh, this is bad. Yeah. Can we bleep these? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Not this was this your idea, and so, I don't know why. So I was this. thinking you guys are going to be way more like my scores. No, I was okay. shocked by I'm these two. I'm scared of this next upset. one, though. I'm scared. Psychopath. Psychopathy? You're not. Gonna, you're not going to rate high on psychopath. One. Either one of you. Now, I, mean, I have a Kate, one. No. I got Kate, a one. Katie I, has a flat one. Katie wins. She's the least psychopath. I'm one point three. But look, it says one. It says. It looks like a zero. So is it possible it's point one? Like it's the <laughs> lowest okay, Katie possible. Is, here's my the, percentiles I, for psychopathy are zero and four. I, Katie scored the lowest possible. Yeah, right? I, I don't relate at all. That's um, the only part of it that made sense. Here's to me. the part that sucks as a narcissist who is Machiavellian <laughs> is that I'm also a one point four. Yeah. On the psychopathy scale, That's which low. is. Unfortunately, still the highest among the three of yeah. us. Yeah, wait, Dan, Dan, what was yours? 1.3 was mine, so I've got <laughs> it. I've got, I was pretty close. I was pretty close. Dude, I am, I, I don't feel good about any of this, this I don't like this test. I think the test is, is flawed. I think the phrasing of the questions can be kind of confusing. There were some that were negatively phrased in a way that made it hard to say agree or disagree because you were like, it's not wait, the test. do you mean? It's not the I don't test know. that's flawed, Katie. It's not the test. I, well, no, it's certainly it's the, us as well. It's, it's the host, it's of, us the, as well. It's the host <laughs> of finds out over here that is the most deeply and obviously flawed. I just want to warn you guys that in response to, quote, people who mess with me always regret it, period. 
I slightly agree. I wrote disagree. There's nobody's ever regretted messing with me. <laughs> Watch not. the I'm an open out. door for messing with me. <laughs> you can't answer it that way. You can't. I think this was aspirational. You I think that one out-tough you were like, yeah, the they test, better. Pablo. Yeah. Exactly. Pablo, you, you was... try, Pablo, you tried to make the test respect you. You tried to make the <laughs> oh test. It's going to give me the respect I deserve. I wanted, to, I wanted to be an alpha in this test, and I wound up a Machiavellian narcissist psychopath. <laughs> oh, nice the approval of the bottom of Stephen A. Smith's boot. So in terms of what we found out today, Mm -hmm. I think it's self-explanatory, for me at least. Yeah, I found Um, out that I'm obsessed with myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. While also um, definitely um, being a person who likes to think that I am definitely not obsessed with myself. That's the number one trait of a narcissist Mm. is thinking you're not narcissistic. Yeah, I should have read the fine print Mm. on this test. My wife is going to have a field day with this um, when she gets my results, incidentally. I want to give this to an ex-boyfriend because I think he would score very high on all three. (laughs) Oh, I would suggest to people listening to this, if you think that you are in any kind of abusive relationship with a partner, Mm -hmm. uh, go Mm -hmm. read about narcissists to see if Mm -hmm. any of the behaviors speaks to you because uh, people who would come high on these narcissist lists could, Pablo, be psychopaths. Like, they could be dangerous manipulators if they know how to trick you into getting into an imbalanced relationship. Well, one in 14 people in an international population sample um, qualified as dark triad members. Thankfully, um, I think we did fall short of oh, membership. Good. How? What does it have to be? Do you know the threshold? I don't. I'm just going to hope. You're just going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're I, good yeah. That feels right. We're the, good. What, what did Pablo Torre find out today? That when the testing that may be flawed and the people may be flawed, they get together and try to win the test. We're good people according We're good. to the We're the good ones. The three of us, the light triad. Triad. That's right. Ones. People yeah. have been calling us that. I've heard mm-hmm. it in the yeah, internet yeah, comment yeah. sections, and it may just have been a guy from HBO, but it <laughs> has definitely been said. The light triad. All right, end of the show. Um, what would a narcissist uh, not do? Oh, yes, he would credit everyone who is responsible for his success. So Pablo Torre Finds Out is produced by Michael Antonucci, Ryan Cortez, Sam Daywig, Juan Galindo, Patrick Kim, Neely Lohman, Rachel Miller-Howard, Ethan Schreier, Carl Scott, Matt Sullivan, Chris Tuminello, with studio engineering by RG Systems, post-production by NGW Post, a theme song by John Bravo, of course, and, uh, God, I am never going to hear the end of this, am I? Okay. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.